0: The following podcast is an Embassy Row production.
1: Welcome back to Scissoring
2: Isn't a Thing. I'm Liz Cully And I'm Darren Karp. And today we have a good friend of mine who is actually coming on the show. You probably know him from Everything Iconic, his insanely popular, amazing podcast. We have Danny Pellegrino with us. And come on, Liz, I know you had met Danny the first time. Tall drink of water, am I right? Oh my God, you literally just took the words out of my mouth. That was what I was going to contribute to that intro (laughs)
1: because I don't know him like you do. Yes. And it was great to meet him. It was funny because in the episode, I have to be honest with you, I was nervous because one, I had never met him before. Two, we recorded this again pre-COVID. Yes. So,
2: you know, a lot of things hadn't developed yet from well, the that's, Bravo side. I was going to say that's an important point because I know recently in the past you know, month or two, Bravo's a little bit in hot water, certainly with the Black Lives Matter movement and certainly with racist comments. Danny, who was king of Bravo, we didn't have the opportunity to talk to him about it because this happened a couple months ago. So just a quick caveat for you. Sorry to interrupt yes yeah.
1: Well, no, no, not at all. I'm glad you mentioned that. And, and also, you know, Leah McSweeney, had like Real Housewives of New York didn't come on and I right. would have died to talk to him about her. A friend of the podcast, now I know. Yes, I can say that. And also a dear, dear, dear friend of mine. But we went to the same acting coach. We had a lot of kind of fun industry conversation in this episode. He's got a
2: lot of opinions. A lot of opinions. I really admire the
1: business that he's built and the brand.
2: He's he's really built a media empire. And just his coming out story alone, I mean, I felt like we really went deep with Danny. And even though he's a friend of mine, it was nice to get to talk to him in such an intimate way that wasn't about Bravo. It was really about him because he really is an icon in and of his own right. Enjoy. Enjoy, guys.
1: Los Angeles back Here in we Los are. Angeles I'm Ooh, it's so, am little
2: it's getting a little cloudy out there. welcome to scissoring isn't a overcast. thing well that voice is the sexy sexy and talented Danny Pellegrino from everything iconic which if you don't fucking know what everything iconic is you literally don't listen to podcasts because I feel like every time I mention your name and I now have used your name as sort of like a con card to like be cool I'm like oh Danny I'm like old friend well, I'm like and I do his- the
0: same for you, Darren, too. like, yeah. yeah, we go way back.
2: I'm like, we're I've been in his apartment yeah. so y'all can relax. And they're like, you know Danny Pellegrino. I'm like, I'll text that bitch Wait, right I- now and, if you and, want me to. And too. guess what? Go i read his I, bio. I'm list. gonna read go the bio ahead. because I think it's better if you do it than Darren's me. Darren's kind
1: of a bully, and he <sighs> loves to introduce everyone and read all the bios. Okay. <laughs> you take over, Liz. Writer, comedian, content creator. Amen. Everything iconic, which Darren mentioned. Yes. 6.5 million streams. It's got to be more now. It's
0: over that now, but yes.
2: <laughs> I, feel so, okay.
0: I feel so gross I mean, off you right You have bat.
1: performed at Troubadour, Laugh Factory, Comedy Store, Groundlings, Second City, Chicago, the IO Theater, Grammar Street Theater, and more. You have co-authored Fancy as Fuck Cocktails.
2: Ariane and Tom from Bravo.
0: Pick it up now. Thank yes, God. pick
2: it up. It's a great um, book. The Super Carb Diet.
0: I co-wrote that with a guy named Bob Harper. Yes, so he was on The Biggest Loser. He was on The Biggest Loser. So it's it was his sort of diet plan and everything. I just helped him write it.
1: Oh, my God. Will you help me with my book?
0: Sure. Well, okay. well, let's do it. You got to
1: no, pay him, I mean, it's like You got to pay him, swinging. I know. Well, but my literary people like teamed me up with some weirdo. I mean, and I was he like, does no, this thanks, for like, a living. So there you go. And basically, you've been on ev- all over the internet. Thank you for being here. I Thank can't even believe it. And you're very tall. Too. How tall are you?
0: I'm like just under six. I'm around six, three it's very that's a tall drink of water
2: no he's a tall fucking drink of water you guys Why are making t- me
0: blush like i feel like i I'm mean so well uncomfortable darren's right gonna try
2: to fuck you in <laughs> well i mean right danny right and i have already fucked oh <laughs> yeah. sick yeah, yeah. that's we how we met way back, yeah, we way back. Way. where are ahead.
0: you from i'm from ohio uh but i lived in chicago before i moved here and i hear
1: it i heard the chicago you hear chicago. In chicago
0: chicago people say i have a hard a in general yeah but i've lived here for like almost 10 years ish or something okay
1: and did you always know you were a star <laughs>
0: I thought you were going to say, gay. did you always yeah. know you were gay? And I'm like, I am like, yes, deep down I did.
1: Oh, God. All uh, we do is talk about gay shit on this podcast.
2: Well, you identify <laughs> as a gay man. Big
0: gay. A big gay. What's a big gay?
2: Big
1: gay. I, like a big
2: gay?
0: <laughs> I like Dick. Yeah, and you I'm just gay. Lie. No, I'm, I'm gay. Right. I'm gay. I identify as gay. Although I was telling you before we started recording in college, I did sort of date women, but it just wasn't for me.
1: Because I asked, do you-, you have sex with him?
0: Uh, I did. He scissored once them. I He did scissored. Once, you scissored. But, yeah, yeah. He
2: scissored, scissored them, <laughs> and uh, oh what? so you've had. You're not a gold. Star I'm not a gold. Star gay. gay. No. Okay. And how did but I you-
0: sort of wish I was? It was just a like an awkward situation. I was dating this girl throughout college, and in Ohio, I was in a conservative town. I have two mm. older brothers. Uh, you know, it was they're just, both straight. They're both straight, and so I was just sort of raised without a lot of gay influence around me, or a lot of lgbt influence around me and so i think um i really was pushing myself back in the closet as like far back as i could Mm -hmm. like into narnia into fucking narnia right
2: (laughs) that's really funny right
0: by that lion that witch yeah (laughs) right exactly
2: by the (laughs) lamppost when when you think back to your childhood in a concern like did you have like crushes on men when you were little like who was like your first Uh, andy cohen my boss always talks about like he loved eric estrada Mm, you know like that was his like (laughs) chips was his fuck oh Oh, that was like his first, that is so funny. you know, younger, yeah. like everyone has their crush, you know what I mean? And I think, and so what, did you have one or did you yeah. really try and be straight and you had crushes on women or did you know that you were gay?
0: You know, I was very confused. I remember watching, I know what you did last summer, the movie. And Before, I thought, that oh,
2: yeah. Whoa. Well, that's a good Danny's of our
0: generation I, yes you can tell I thought I had a crush on Jennifer Love Hewitt which turns out I just had a crush on Ryan Phillippe and Freddie Prince Jr but I remember like having that poster in my bedroom and my mom and everyone we always thought like oh yeah Danny likes Jennifer Love Hewitt but really I was like looking behind her yeah you're like <laughs> the door yeah right.
1: Ryan Phillippe you know Ugh. I had baby. such a fucking crush on him yeah. and then I actually saw him and I'm like dude what happened to your career. Like, not to be a cunt,
0: but... Yeah, he was on, like, USA or something for a minute, but yeah, I saw him at Runyon Canyon, though, and I, like, (laughs) literally act like a screaming 12-year-old girl at an NSYNC concert. Like, I ran up, I was like, hi, I'm the biggest fan, and I was like...
2: No, you did not. You approached? And
0: I have a photo with him, and literally, like, I had... I just look crazy in the photo. Don't meet your heroes. But I also, I had another story, which I was, oh. to, I told this on Lauren Ashe's podcast too, but I was bartending at this place that was a spa that had a restaurant attached. So people would come in oftentimes in their towels after getting a service. And I remember he came in in a towel and I was just like, <laughs> like so overwhelmed because that was probably one of the first, of course, I remember like watching reruns of who's the boss and be like, Oh my God, Tony Danza, or, you know, or Tony there were so Danza. many, so many things like that were how old were you when you were at this place? When I was bartending? Yeah. Oh, it was when I first moved to LA. I was in my 20s.
2: Okay, early yeah.
0: 20s. Yeah, early 20s.
2: And you said you dated dated women in college
0: or high school? In college. And then when I finally, right after college, I moved off to Chicago. And then shortly after I moved there was when I came out. So it was like six months after I graduated college. That's when I finally came out. And I remember going home for Thanksgiving that first year after I moved away. And that's when I told my parents and my my family. How were stuff. they about yeah, it? Yeah, and
2: how were they about it?
0: You know, my and parents... And how were your ex-girlfriends
2: kind of about it, too? I'm curious in
0: that. Um, my, I told my brothers and my sister-in-law first, and they had, like, encouraged me not to tell my parents. And I remember being like, no, like, I am hmm. I was out to my friends already. Hmm. I was like, I'm the kind of person who's like, once I'm out, I'm out for everyone. I'm not going to be bullshitting around it. Anyway, so I had then uh, told my parents, and my mom had a much harder time than my dad. And I know most gay men have the opposite experience where it's like their dad is... Yeah, whatever. But my mom had more of trouble accepting it. And we had like a much more fraught relationship the first few years after I came out. Mm-hmm. Of course, I, I came out to them. And then the next day, I like drove back to Chicago and was like not near them. It was a little distance bit, helped maybe the a little distance bit helped. Yeah. But I those first few years of my relationship with my mom, who was always like one of the closest people to me, we just didn't have. The same, Uh, the same kind of closeness. And so
2: your brother and sister-in-law encouraged you not to say it because they knew that your mom might react poorly and they didn't want you to be hurt or, or they didn't want you to ruin Thanksgiving or
0: that. Thanksgiving was over. It was like right at, it was the weekend after Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I think it was a mix of all of those things. And and they just didn't, it it was both my brothers and then one of them and a sister-in-law. And I think they just didn't really have much of an example around then. And this was over 10, this was. Twelve, however many years ago, so it was. Also, it sounds so weird to say, but a different time than we're in now. But I, yeah. how many I mean,
1: years ago was that?
0: This, I guess, was twelve or thirteen ish. Yeah, years I, ago. I mean, that makes yeah. a
1: very big difference. You're yeah. mid
0: in Ohio, 30s. in Ohio, suburban Ohio, so it's like yeah. it's a different world. So I don't. My brothers are also so protective of me yeah, that of I course. think they were like, "We want to protect you in any way possible with." Our parents, with the outside world, with everyone, they didn't care about the gay thing. They just were like, maybe, you know, you don't need to tell mom and dad or something like they that. They didn't want yeah. your life to be harder right. in any sort of way, which I believe is very, like,
2: it's, it's a like very a loving com- thing, yeah. even though I think other people are like, your brother didn't want you to come out. It's like, not to be in the closet, but just so you didn't want it to be harder for you. Mm-hmm. And so how did you come out to your parents? You're just like, I'm gay.
0: I sat him down. I remember being in the living room and it was, it was rainy outside, which is like so, I don't know, met- metaphorical yeah. or know, symbolic. But I sat him down and my dad is very, uh, he, I don't, what's the word? Mind driven or he's able to like look at things in a different way. My mom reacts more with emotion yep. and and my mom is also so uber concerned with like what everyone else thinks. And yeah, She had grown up with a, a guy who had a drinking problem and had embarrassed her in a lot of ways with that drinking in public. So I think sure. she, it made her like ultra sensitive to what other people think. And so my dad was able to say like, oh, he's still my son. He was able to see it like he's still the same person yeah. analytically. And my it mom – seems rational
2: sort yeah. of in a way. He's yeah.
0: totally rational. He's very smart. He was able to see it in a completely different way, whereas my mom was just thinking what's everyone else going to think? It wasn't even what do sure. I think about it. It was what are my friends going to think? What are What's my sisters going to think? What yeah. you know, Like all of her people, what are they going to think? And so that was hard for me because I'm like, mom, just don't worry about what other people think. Sure. Like worry about your son and what I think. and. And I remember even those first few years, them telling me, like, not to tell my grandfather. And it was like, I'm not going to hide anything. Right. I'm just going to be – once I was out, I was out. Good on you. Right. And you don't
2: necessarily need to wear, like, I'm a gay man t-shirt and run it all the time. But, like, if someone asks you, you're not going to be like, yeah, I'm straight. Like, you're not going to lie about it. But you're also not going to throw it in anyone's face either. I'm not
0: not throwing it in anyone's face, but I – and so, okay.
2: your mom now, assuming, I mean, this is 12, 13 years ago, totally cool, totally fine,
0: everything's good. Yeah, those first few years, I just had to really push it. And then when I finally, the guy that I'm dating now, when I finally, who you've been with forever, we've been together for like 10 years now. this Oh, year. wow. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah.
2: Congrats. Thank you. But such a sweetheart.
0: He's sweet.
2: such a sweetheart. Um, but Can't wait I remember to meet those him.
0: first times bringing him home, I was like, I I felt like I was like trying to push my mom's limits because she was so against it a little bit. And, yeah. and so, It was like, okay, we're bringing him around. We're going to – I'm going to tell you everything and I'm just going to like kind of put it in your face a little bit so that you get more comfortable with it. And that helped her. It made her more comfortable. And then once she got to know him and now she's totally great with everything. And and we're closer than ever. But that's it was a few years that it was just a a struggle and it was – Hard. And it was the first time me really living away from home. Mm-hmm. I had gone to school in Ohio. So I had been a little bit away, but going away to another state is a different kind of thing. And so it was uh, just a challenging few years. But.
2: Yeah, my girlfriend's from Ohio. So she always talked about like she didn't really have any. I mean, obviously she had gay friends who are now gay, uh, but they weren't out and no one knew. And, and she felt very stifled there and sort of transferred to NYU to get more experience Mm -hmm. and diversity and different, you know, I think Ohio's changed slightly now. I mean, I think probably Cleveland and Columbus Columbus for sure. Jesus, I mean, is very like pro-gay and very gay friendly, but it is a purple state. And I think, I think it it can be tough in the pockets that you get into. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, Cleveland's built up now quite a bit. And I have friends even who like they live downtown and they're out and gay and it's, it's, they're living wonderful lives. But when I was there, it just wasn't quite like that. And I always think back about how dangerous it was because I was so scared to be out. And I remember you have to like give into those urges, those sexual urges and and also just like meeting gay people. And I remember like going to the gay bars in Cleveland, like while I was still in college, 18, 19 years old, driving after having some drinks oh, because man, yeah. it's like it just wasn't a safe environment. I But I had to give into those urges a little bit. And I wish I would have had more examples of gay people around me so that I would have had a friend to go to these places with instead of trying to do it discreetly and dangerously, I look back and I'm like, man, that wasn't safe at all. I was going alone to a gay bar at 19 years old with a fake ID, drinking there and then and driving home and not tell... No one knew where I was, That's a single the, the, person. Yeah, right. No one knew I was going there. We, I would be out with friends at a bar nearby and I would take a taxi sometimes, but I would say, I'm going home or something. And Always.
1: then, and then the I'd line. be yeah, sneaking
0: course. and it's like, that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have anyone that I was comfortable enough at the time to... Be going to those places with her or to tell her. god
1: I, I used to go do you know what the lexington is in san francisco do you No. are you guys both fucking serious we're, right now like anyone
0: like, no, Echo, it's we Echo, need like a, cricket. yeah we need a cricket all right sound so effect, the lexington
1: yeah. which very sadly just closed was probably one of the most famous lesbian bars in the country and it was in san francisco That's not surprising and it's just like a staple, like the Lex meetup at the Lex. Now that I've said it to you guys, I feel like you're just gonna see or read or okay.
2: Now we'll know it. So I used
1: to go there by myself when I was kind of figuring things out, and trust me, it was not a scary environment. Other than the fact that like all the lesbians there looked like they just had gotten out of prison. Now, funny enough, this one girl who had a half up, half down hairdo wore baggy bell bottom jeans and. Like flip those rainbow flip-flops. Um, she was a prison guard at San Quentin and she hit on me and called me sweetie all night. But oh. I that's like where I went. I was like, oh right. wow, that was really unsafe. Just kidding. But it is interesting. No, but, like i mean it's is is unsafe
0: though, if no one knows you're where there. Where it exactly. is. No,
1: it totally is. And yeah. I think the difference now, like with Tinder and Grinder and God knows I mean, grinder freaks me the fuck out, but everyone, good luck on there. So but good luck. But yeah. like good, good luck. luck. Just like fucking warm wishes you know, those bars and those places were actually really important yeah. to be at the like, we
0: didn't have access no, back No, we didn't then have that, that we, back then. Well, not that it, it sounds like we we're talking about a hundred years ago. I but know.
2: Back in the, with the <laughs> but horse the and the wagon. I do feel like the progressive queer community, however we're going to use the umbrella term, really only happened in the past 10 yeah. years. I think so. And when,
0: when I was, 18 a senior in high school we t- uh, took a road trip to myrtle beach that was like our because senior year stop. spring break right That's how, long, how
1: long was the drive
0: uh it was long i think like, like 11 hours oh shit. it was long yeah. but it was actually that was sort of the most fun part because it's it a was group of young people on a car. that yeah it, i don't that know, was back in was... the
2: day when like you're young enough to like a bus
0: I remember we had the Maroon 5 CD yes. and like it, it had just come out or something and we like Oof, were playing it the whole God. time. Anyway, oh neither here nor there. The point is, I remember going to Myrtle Beach and that was the first time I had went to a gay bar. And I remember having to like look up before we even left for Myrtle Beach like to find out if they had a gay bar there. And then I walked like a mile, but I had to print out MapQuest directions oh honey. before <sighs> But wrote, so, like, then. you couldn't even.
1: Like- and then if you didn't have a printer, you had to fucking write it all down. <laughs> yes. Right. And by the way, talk about me auditioning in the Bay Area, which is huge and driving to like San Jose, Oakland, San Francisco, whatever with fucking MapQuest in yeah. my mom's Volvo. Like, I get out those, of here. I miss
0: those days. When they finally came out with that TomTom or whatever oh, those yeah. called, the oh navigation. God, yeah. And Tom, I was like, oh my God, Tom. this is a new technology.
2: And you came out to your parents first? Or, I mean, your family first or your friends?
0: My friends. Like, I had come out to a couple of people that I, like, worked with in Chicago that were new friends and I felt comfortable. Um, and then...
2: And no problems friends. there?
0: No, they were... Because it was also a, a big city and... It, Metropolitan you know, a, areas have an easier time with this. Yeah. I mean, we were like, we were just saying it's like sometime back then you had to move to a bigger city, I think.
2: Right. Yeah. And then even now it can be hard to be a small town gay just in terms of your options. Right. I I mean, but yes, for the most part, back in the day. And then so from
1: Chicago, were you doing Second City there? And then that's when you moved to L.A. or yeah,
0: I had been doing like stand up and sketch comedy in Chicago. And then I moved here uh, and I was doing it here for a while. I I was doing classes at the Groundlings and all of those places. Did you ever go to Leslie Kahn? I did one time.:
1: You only went once. once. See, it's so I know it's like, yeah, it's like, oh, it's a cult. Um, what I, the fuck? Where a are you guys going? Yeah, I curious, had a, I've like... been waiting to ask somebody on the podcast. well there you been. go. She basically told me that I should be the most famous person alive, <sighs> and uh, wait, what only is it, starting though? now? So Leslie Kahn is an OG
0: acting coach.
1: And it's oh, right, it's, it's, it's a woman's it's name. A, it's a woman's name. It's over on La Brea. You have to audition to get in. And then it's you even have to n- kind of
0: like wait to get into her class. Yeah, you it's have like to you wait to get into her, her class. Others.
1: And then the way they do it, it's really structured, it's really interesting. You get in these pods, and then you have so much fucking auditioning. And like work? Did you ever make it like through the no, pods I did and all one that? One
0: class there, it was like I, I, it was a commercial audition class. Or oh, so you did a workshop? Or something they you... made me look at uh, a video of me auditioning, and I was like, I'm not, I'm out of here. You're like, eh, like, this I, is too like, much. Like the whole class, we all had to yeah. sit and like watch it. I was like, very I can't. Five watch five it. it's, it. and it's actually
1: yes. like very competitive. You basically go in, you have to read for her in front of other people, and she'll just fucking tear your ass down if you get in or if you don't get in. And then when you get into these pods, you're. And by the way, there are like. Famous people in the, like some management and agencies will make their actors go if they're like not doing well or whatever. Like I had, I mean, I won't say who was in it, but I had like a couple of CW and like kind of stars like that in and my Julia class. Roberts. Yeah. Yeah. Julia Roberts. <laughs> yeah. I Like sometimes I watch the twins. Meryl Streep was also. So no, RIA. but then you would have to fucking go to each other's houses and, on, and practice for 20 hours a week. So I was auditioning, I was bartending, I was bar backing and I was babysitting and I was working at a tech startup and I would have to like drive all over to LA to these people's homes. You would have to do all these. And you have workshops. to do so
0: much work outside it's so of the so
1: much like, yeah. work. It's insane. So anyway, I did it for quite some time and it's wildly expensive. I imagine. But back in the my day. My
0: version of that was Groundlings though. That's yeah. where I spent most of my time. And it's a similar kind of cultish yep, a little bit very. where it's very political and they, they tell you whether or not you move on and they cut you at certain yeah groundlings cut, yeah.
2: is like uh upright citizens brigade or second yeah. city right yeah, it's, yeah, it's comedy like sketch comedy it's more right. it,
0: groundlings is very character based so you're supposed to do these big characters which was always my struggle because it's like i'm not doing these like big wacky characters that, right you're funny as
2: danny not as like anything else maybe, yeah it's right? like a, it's, totally
0: it's very strange but i loved the classes but it's very intense It's so much money it's you are literally working there. It's a full-time it's job. It's a totally like, full-time it, job, but it's also in... But you're wait, spending money to yeah, go there.
1: We could talk forever about this, but I kind of wanted to know just because your comedy seemed like you might. For me at the time, and this is about seven, eight years ago, I just couldn't get thin enough. <laughs> they were just like, you are five foot two and, you know, I'm curvy. I'm also like actually a small person. I have to remind myself of this, but I Correct. have total fucked up body dysmorphia. But I would get really, really far and then like basically like people and not not Leslie Kahn, but kind of in the community would just be like, you got
0: to just drop 10 more pounds. Mm. And I'm like, That's
1: I have not eaten food and I just can't do it. So I ended and up your just your
0: body has a certain way. Everyone's body has a certain, certain weight, weight that they're comfortable and, and
1: that they're healthy. 100 at- percent. And so I ended up like getting I just kind of like let it go. I was just like, I can't. And also I had spent thousands of fucking dollars doing it. However, I really did learn how to read scripts in a really interesting way. And I think that it has helped me with my writing and even like podcasting and things like that. So I see a lot of value in it. Anyway, it's a a business. I think the one thing I will just say, anybody listening that's like probably a huge fan of the two of you and Um, hopefully me too. Um, Definitely not. Coming to Los Angeles and just thinking that you're going to be famous because of now the Internet. Because by the way, when you and I... There, there was no LA. Influencer. There was no fucking no. Instagram, right? No. So like,
0: or podcasting, nothing. Was, no, there was nothing. nothing. Right. Yeah.
1: So the reason why I bring up Groundlings or Leslie Khan or any of these things is it is a full time job and it does become a business and you do have to spend an exorbitant amount of money and like, thank and you're God,
0: reliant on other people, people to advance your career. And one of the things that happened to me at the end of my Groundlings experience it, that was when I fell into my depression because it was Mm. at the same time that I got cut from the program that was, I had a loss in my family and there was all this stuff that was going on and it sunk me into this very serious mental uh, depression. And as I slowly got out of that, I realized like, oh, I can take charge of my career. And that's when I started the podcast. That's when I started doing things on Instagram. But for years up until that point, I was relying on places here like the Groundlings or other places to to kind of give me a shot at something.
2: Well, and, and, and with, you know, you said you experienced a little discrimination maybe with your weight or, or did you ever experience that with like, don't be as gay or be Uh, more gay or what, how did that manifest for you? It was, that was, that was
0: the worst part because, um, in my experience, like you would write stuff for to perform and 90% of the rest of your group is, are straight people, straight white people. Right. And so you're writing from a queer perspective and so your point of view on the world, I remember there was this one sketch that I had written for the show where I was playing this, like, gruff boss who has – That's uh, hilarious. Whose assistant <laughs> is – I love I Daniel know, Gruff. He's, he had a mustache yeah. and he was, like, oh. real angry. And he was getting in a fight with <laughs> – you know when you call Time Warner and it's, like, uh, press one. Yeah, yeah, God. like the telemorph. So whatever, he was, yeah. like, this very angry man and he's getting in a fight with the uh, robot voice Yeah, of, or, Robo-call on the, other, on the yeah. other end of the phone. And it was, I, I thought it was a great sketch, but there was one line where I was, I tell my sister I was like, get my husband on the phone. And I remember they were like, well, why does it, why is it? the director was like, why is it going to be husband? And I was like, well, you know, it's just, a gay character but they're not nothing about the character in the scene is gay other than that one line of like get my husband on the phone right. otherwise he, the character was a very which I kind inten- of
1: love because that actually is really
2: smart to me and that was the thing very that was, yeah, was that's, like, the, that's thing. the thing
0: to yeah. me like that's what I'm contributing this is a man who happens this. to
2: be gay not a gay man which is right. different
0: and yeah. so I really had to fight I remember like getting in a conversation about him being like no I'm not changing that line like it's yes it's wow, a masculine character and things like that or I remember writing a sketch where I wrote something with somebody else and they wanted to end the sketch with uh, the straight character giving me a, my character a kiss. And like that was the bullet on the scene, like the the end of the scene, because they didn't know how to end. We didn't know how to end the scene. And I remember like, that's not a joke. Like there was no punchline. That's not a punchline. It's line. not funny. Right. But to everyone else, that was funny. Like the straight guy, his office mate, he's going to give him a kiss. And, like, that's a funny punchline to them. And I remember being like, I don't want to do that. Because they were using gay, they
2: were using homosexuality as as the the punchline. punchline. And
0: to be fair, this was also years ago, which, again, was a little bit different time. But I remember just thinking at the time, like, oh, really? Like, this is the punchline? The
2: straights, these idiots. And and then
0: I have to, like, go, if I don't go along with it, then I'm not being the team player or whatever.
2: Were you the only out gay man in your class at groundlings Um, or did
0: you know of other queer people they do have a lot there are a good group of queer people that are in the and i don't want to say that they're anti-gay or anything like that those are just a couple experience isolated experiences that i had but i think uh they do have a a a good amount of lgbt people in the program yeah um but in my my particular class was in Groundlings. there's so many great people there and so i don't I I don't think that the program, program is, is. Yeah. It's just those were a couple of isolated experiences where I thought, like, ugh.
2: Do you think now they're still doing that? I, no, I think I think, bet I, think not. In, I think with women with weight, I still think that's probably well, yeah, a thing. I mean, but I wonder, you know, homosexuality feels it's like it's different now. It's, it's different, different now. now. Yeah, I mean I it's I think better. For now. me,
1: I'll never forget. I went and auditioned for Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah. I know that's show. That's a Oh, show. sorry, I've never watched it because I was so better. Like Nisi Nash. Yeah. So yeah. I auditioned and... Oh, no, um, she was Reno 911.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, Reno 911 was 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 the funniest show. Andy Andy Samberg. Yeah, Andy Samberg. So I went and
1: auditioned and I was supposed to be like a random hot girl or something. And it was like two lines and I opened up my voice and I did the lines. I don't remember what they were. And I remember the casting director who really liked me, actually, because I gave him a thousand fucking dollars to go to these stupid casting workshops, which, by the way, are illegal now. Because they're a fucking racket.
0: I was just going to ask if they still have So they them. don't remember, have them. Do you remember them? going yeah. to the
1: goddamn Valley? Mm-hmm. Oh, Ventura. I mean, there was like, ha- oh, I the one in Ventura. Ventura. I, yeah. Yes, 100%. Yeah. No, they're not like, legal anymore. Like Ponzi scheme? They so It was sketchy because so... you had to
0: pay a lot of money just to do, audition a scene in front of someone.
1: And, then they're, and they're like half asleep, don't give a shit. They
0: would send assistants. Yep, so like, they would send an assistant. And, just send and
1: it was really sketch. So anyway, so I weird. went in, but this casting director particularly really liked me. He was a gay man. And I was not out, by the way. I was, like, dating guys for the most part still at this time. And I said the line, and, there, and his assistant or pro- whoever was like,
2: ooh, your voice is, like, deep and raspy. I'm like, yeah, it is. Like, is, uh, like it kind of get you to be, like, masculine? Well, no, they kind of, were like, just like, that doesn't
1: feel, they just didn't feel like that was feminine enough. And I'm like, okay. Like, for me, the, the whole, like, how I feel about my career in acting is, like, I was too short. I wasn't short enough. I was too fat. I wasn't fat enough. I was too pretty. I wasn't pretty enough. Like everything was just fucking yeah. not enough. And I wish that I had found podcasting earlier because clearly I have a body and a face for fucking radio. Yeah. Um, you 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 look can, look I think beautiful. we can attest to that. Yeah. Look, no, um, but it. thank you, Danny, because you you're a nice. Um, yeah, exactly. Fuck you, Darren. Yeah. Um, no, but I, you know, I just the, any of the people that are listening to the podcast because It's just like coming to L.A., man, and thinking you're going to become famous and doing all this stuff. You do not realize if you really do the quote grind of it, like I think you and I had similar experiences, you're about to spend... Millions of dollars
0: and so much time and, and so much and, time. And you're right. You mentioned all those jobs. You had to have. It's like I had to have a million fucking That's jobs crazy. here just to pay the class, pay the lights in my house, and then right get in the class.
1: Well, and then so how did you transition into podcast? Like, let's talk about that. Yeah. Like, so how I did had, that happen? I
0: got in sort of that really dark place, and then I started uh coming out of it, and I was like, you know what? I'm never going to perform again. I'm done with that. And I thought I would just make memes. I would go on Instagram and make memes. I started to get a little <laughs> bit of a following. Wait, now.
1: I'm kind of like dead. That you're just
2: like, yep, memes. And it well, is.
1: to me like, that was like,
2: comedy. It was internet, comedy. and it was
0: writing. And I was like, you know what? I don't. I didn't have the strength to like get to an audition, get to a class, or oh, get on stage. Worst. Right. But I did have the strength to like do one little joke a day. Okay. And so I was like, I'm going to do. That was what I committed to. I was like, I'm going to post one meme or thing on my Instagram a day. And was day. it a pop culture reference? Like, how did they were you- always mostly Bravo. But okay. then also pop culture stuff. It, I tend to gravitate towards like female led projects. So it'd always be like either like a female centric pop culture or a Bravo, which is tends to be female centric as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. And then I would do one a day, and that was what I committed to. I thought I could do that much, and I thought I'm just gonna write now for good. And then that led to like a, a couple ghostwriting gigs and a um the author project you mentioned. And then uh, I talked to a friend and my friend was like, you should do a podcast because you could perform, but you don't have to get on a stage. You could just perform. you could your, just it from your home It
2: nothing. Right.
0: right. Do it. And I remember my boyfriend had like bought me a microphone and it took me a whole year since he got me the microphone to actually like record my first episode. But I finally did it. And then I was so glad that I did. And it gives you a more control. You can control your – what you're putting out into the world. Yeah. And when people ask me like about starting a podcast, I'm like, do it. Just go for it. Do whatever. Or or do a YouTube channel. Do whatever you can. Put your stuff out there. No,
1: don't tell people to do YouTube channel. No, I'm just no, kidding. Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> no more YouTube. I think we're good. I think it's like we've
2: maxed out I'm, on YouTube. I'm curious in the Bravo world, obviously I work at Bravo and that's sort of how we met and everything. But I'm curious, like, because yes, you're a gay man, but you're still a man and you've created sort of this funny, hilarious, witty banter about Bravo culture, but it's mostly about women. It's mostly about the housewives. Do you ever get pushback being a man saying these things about women at all? Or do you think that being gay gives you this, I don't know, maybe an extra sense of security being able to talk about it?
0: You know, I'm very cautious. I love women and I'm very cautious. Even when I'm talking about the Bravo Network, I will... Try my best and do my best to support other women, in the words of Ramona Singer. So, when I talk, (laughs) who's the biggest supporter (laughs) of other women, ain't she? (laughs) But I try my best when when I'm talking about these shows. I'll be very, I'll be very tough on the men, the straight white men. If I'm talking about below deck, you're tough on the husbands. I'm tough tough on the husbands. I'm tough on the men. But I try my best to rally around the women because I see like what they go through in this industry in general. And I, I love that everything they give us on these shows so like i'm just a huge fan of your
1: favorite just
0: tell me right now. my favorite to watch is ramona singer speaking of she's my favorite to watch but i i love all of them but also i'm very tough on the men but i'm not really really tough on the women because i think they give us so much and they already like women surviving and thriving in this industry or any industry is like such a challenge so i don't think i'm very tough and I, i think my listeners occasionally maybe i'll be a little shady or something like that but i think my listeners know that i'm do everything i can to support Women in the industry or or any industry.
1: Is there a Bravo show that is no longer that you wish? Oh, Gallery Girls.
2: Oh,
0: fuck. Yeah, I miss it.
2: I miss Gallery Girls. Oh, yeah. I miss Work of Art.
0: Oh yeah, what Which was like work no,
2: of art? SJP executive produced it, and it was a, essentially like a competition show, but for artists and artwork, and you'd have to create like a pop culture, like Warhol piece every single week. Literally, I don't. I think I'm the only person who like you genuinely misses it. I don't know. Um, but and I missed remember, that show because it was it was intellectual. Yeah. Do,
0: you do you remember Workout? I missed that one. Oh, too, please. Um, yeah.
1: I kind of like the fact that Jackie Warner was so out and messy on her show, though, because we talk about like not seeing a lot of lesbians on yeah. tv but she was like really
2: one of the first like yeah, reality
0: and there were other gay people uh, there were other lesbians yeah, on, and gay people on, on that, that show
2: on that show i mean let's let's i mean bravo had queer for the straight guy i mean that was like that kind of the first like really, it's for me, I mean, I remember that was being like, they were taking about the word queer because I felt like when I was a kid, people would say like, oh, you're queer. That's so gay. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. And listen, I was definitely saying that's so gay when I was in sixth grade. Yeah. Like, you know, use it as a, a form of stupid. Um, Now I would never say that obviously, Uh, but I sort of taking back that word. And I remember just thinking like, this was the first like openly gay, blatantly openly gay programming. Did you feel a sense of comfort as a gay man? Like seeing them take back queer eye? Like, were you like, this is my network.
0: This yeah, is what I fucking want to do. It's funny you mention that because did you guys see the Apple documentary Visible? Oh, out? I haven't seen it oh, yet. So, I like Andy's, Andy's in it. In it. And yeah. he talks about Queer Eye. He, talks he does. About, I was
2: there for that interview, right. so I saw him talk about it.
0: Watching it, you remember all of these little moments that when you see them all together, it's there were a lot of moments, but they were also spread out. So it was like, yeah, yeah we had Queer Eye. And then like a couple years around there, we had Will and Grace. Yeah, and right. Like, sure. You know, these little moments. And in the larger landscape of television and film, it's like one person. Where's folk also, Queer as well? Where's folk? I remember like sneaking that in the basement of my house. Oh, like, yeah.
2: I know plenty of gay men that uh, did that. Like, because I never. I never watched I mean, certainly L Word was something that I watched. Uh, you, well, you watched it later in so life. So I
1: watched the L Word later, and this is how late I watched it on Netflix, the DVDs. And then I kept all of the DVDs and was charged like a million
0: dollars for You got to do what you got to do. Yeah, I yeah. kept a lot of Netflix DVDs throughout the years.
1: Yeah. I also thought like- They're not hurting
2: for money.
0: I, also, I, yeah, they're fine. You, yeah.
1: I also like thought that that's what LA lesbian gay life was like. And then when I got here, I was like, the Abbey actually smells like shit, <laughs> and diarrhea, and nothing is cool. And what the fuck is this?
0: Never like, meet your You know, I'm lism. really <laughs> nervous about the Bravo Queer as Folk reboot because I just it meant so much to me as a kid. That
2: you don't want it to be. I you mean, if it any network's going to do it well, it's going to be yeah. Bravo. But yeah, I think so. I do feel like. I mean, even with the L Word reboot now, like I do feel like there are certain things, especially in God, my formidable gay. Well, yeah, because people have that nostalgia factor. But the thing is, like. The original L Word was such a perfectly placed series and such a perfectly placed it time. Was, it that was that coming out now, would be like oh, really like even for me, I'd be like, who cares? The new one is good for what it is. I mean, I think Show yeah, th- th- yeah, I think
1: Showtime did a
0: good. They did job. a great job. There's at- so much pressure with these LGBT shows, though, because yeah. it's like you can't please everyone. I, I was just talking to a friend about Looking. Remember that on HBO? I watched it. Like, oh yeah, I watched and, it, and I liked. I liked it yeah. too. But I remember it was like it was too boring. Or it was oh, too- remember
1: Noah Mills? He uh, our. Friend Noah Mills, who's really Noah Mills,
0: the hot guy from Sex in the City.
1: Yes, that's
2: right. He, yes, yeah. I know that guy. Know who he is? I know. Well, so, I know gay men definitely. This lesbian who he is. did not, but I now know why gay men know who he I is. I get this now. I the understand. The first time no one I met, I
1: was ovulating, and that was a big mistake. I <laughs> oh was my god! Like-
2: she makes fun of me for hitting on all of our on all of our guests. Her with Noah, she was like, "Can I have your sperm <laughs> to have children?" And I was like, "Liz," and she He's was like, "No, awful. no, no, I'm just like ready to have sex with you." And I was like. I've I'm not I didn't say you you gotta do it you gotta do it I didn't say sex I just wanted to check I'm gonna check the tape after this I'm gonna check the fucking tape Um, after this god damn it
1: but yeah I think you know looking was interesting because again I'm born and raised in San Francisco so I'm always just jazzed when they film anything in San Francisco I'm like fuck yeah and I thought looking was okay I mean the movie thing that they did. Did you watch that? I, wa- I don't, don't was remember, I it. it was I also tragic. feel like they
2: create those shows though. And L Word and the new L Word, it's kind of like this. It's like, they're not doing it for like the cinematic, like best TV series you're ever watching. You're doing it for the people who really need to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I always feel like there's a different standard of like, L word and looking was never going to be like a six feet under or Sopranos because you're really catering to a niche I would group. actually say that the first L word was pretty fucking epic. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. But at the same time, like, did I love it so much because I really needed to see lesbians yeah, in fair. this world? Yeah, yeah, and did fair. that color my view? And I'm not saying that makes it any less good but from like a writer's standpoint, you know what I mean? I'm if it's like, not Eileen winning Shakin, Please, I'm
1: like, Eileen Jakin, don't listen to her. You can cast me anytime you
2: oh, want. Oh, I'm a huge fan. I'm just saying that like- <laughs> Danny's like, yeah, I I'm see what too. you're doing. Yeah, Danny do and I are good. A, yeah. Don't worry about this girl over yeah, here. No, I'm in like, oh, fuck <laughs> No, But, but no, no, I there's, there's so, so much pressure. Yeah, there's so much pressure. Because community.
0: Queer as Folk was the opposite of looking where it was like the complaint about it was that it like was too racy and everything, but looking was too slow or, you know- so it's, it, there is so much pressure. I just don't think
1: that Jonathan Graff dude or whatever his name is. Jonathan
2: Graff. I he's,
0: like him. I think he's cute, but me he, too. I know people think he's vanilla and bland. He's oh. a really nice uh, guy. Yeah. yeah, he seems nice. I like yeah, him. He I seems think he's
2: nice. Cute. He's very talented. And so for you, like- Also,
0: I love Leah Michelle, which is also not popular. That's and an, an there, unpopular know, opinion unpopular, alert. But I don't care. It's a her. very unpopular opinion. I've well, heard- It is my truth.
2: Yeah, I know. Listen, you represent who you are. And so for you, like, was, like, outside of Queer Eye. I mean, was like- Like, did you just say to Bravo, like, this is the programming I needed? Like, does this make you – did it do anything for you to feel confident as a gay man? Did you – Did did Bravo?
0: Yeah, did Bravo. You know, I remember watching the first Bravo show that I really got into was Kathy Griffin's My Life Life on the the D-List. so good. I loved it. Great show. And she would always have gay friends around and stuff. And I remember that was kind of like the first time where I was like, oh, or – I remember her parents would go to Rage. And you remember, oh my like, god! Oh my god! Hell yeah! <laughs> That's so. They funny. would like go and eat at Rage, which is crazy. To think when I moved here, I was like, they were eating at Rage. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> but, by the way, for those of you listening, yeah, explain what Rage is, is yeah. like. The gnarliest gay bar on Santa Monica. It's
0: even still there. Is it? Oh still yeah, there? it's still okay. there. Honey. It'll be there forever. People are
2: still eating there, Danny. They <laughs> are still eating <laughs> well, there. I just didn't know that yeah.
1: they had
0: food. <laughs> yeah, they they would go for like dinner or lunch. Or I, I don't <laughs> so remember what, crazy. but I just remember there was like always like kind of a. Gay vibe around. Like, yeah. And she, every one of the episodes, she'd be doing a show and her whole audience was gay, yeah. gay men at the show. Yeah. And so I think that was the first time I was like, oh, okay, this is the, because I didn't watch Will and Grace until much later. And, and then sneaking Queer as Folk, I remember watching, sneaking that. But Life on the D list was the first thing where I was like, watching with friends and, and I was kind of connecting with something that other people weren't maybe connecting with. And right.
1: then do you, so that's with point. your show,
2: you were a bartender on Watch What Happens Live, V Jealous. I mean, literally, this bitch tweets one thing and 9,000 people no, retweet his th- fucking shit. No, I yes, got the like, best time. I know bartending. you are very famous. Um, no, I know. You no, know, like wild. Like I watched Danny just like comment on it and I'm like, that's so funny. And then I look down at the retweets, p- it's like 9,000 people are retweeting and I'm like, fucking A, and Danny. So All only if it's about it.
0: Bravo, though, if I tweet yeah, about something else I like, it's like, no, but like
2: what's your, what's your, dialogue
1: with like
0: with the network with Bravo yeah um, they've always been really nice he was at BravoCon I you, I of, I went you were Bravo I was just gonna ask oh you yeah. if you they've were been, at BravoCon they've been really nice I think I re- going back I really do try to celebrate these shows like other people do like kind of the mean yeah. humor better than I do yes and so I just never tried to do that other people are really funny and great at it. It just was not really my thing. So I can be a little snarky, a little sassy, but for the most part, like I'm celebrating and making fun of the ridiculousness of it all, totally. but still right. loving it. I come from a place of like, I love this show. I mean,
2: I also think that's why your show's called Everything Iconic, because you yeah, realize that they're, yeah, it, the, yeah. you're celebrating that. Do you So have... I think
0: Bravo might maybe realize, I hope that they realize that. Like Of course I, yeah. they do. Yeah. Of
2: course I think they so. do. I mean, and I do say Bravo is very good at, understanding its fans because I think the true testament of Bravo has been the people that really surround themselves in our culture and in our why there's fucking Bravo Con. Well, exactly. And like the only other comparison I could make to like, uh, I'm like, Net- Bravo was one of the only networks I think that could have a con and the only other like TV thing that could do it is The Bachelor because there's Nation, yeah. but it couldn't be ABC con. It would have to be no. Bachelor yeah. con. And so and, it's a testament. And to
0: and- Bravo Con was amazing because you realize that the crowd and the community is very nice. Yes. Yeah. That's and it's it yes. not online if you just focus to like what you see on twitter or whatever it's not that that you think like everyone's mean but it's it's not very
2: female empowerment i mean that's the thing i think some women especially straight women and you know what i know a lot of fucking gay women too that think that watching the housewives is denigrating to women and i'm like you're not looking at it right i love it those girls are rich they're also well they're getting paid so it's voluntary no one's being forced into it and like look at these fucking badass women being 30, 40, 50 years old like just
0: taking like dating, talking about sex, sex yeah. having absolutely sex, That's not happening anywhere on scripted television, Correct, let exactly. alone on unscripted television. Exactly. So I think it's very important.
1: I agree. Yes. What And when you meet any of these housewives or any of the Vanderpump people are like, what is their reaction to you and what's your reaction to them? Like, do you They're mostly squeal all really nice. and run
0: after them on running and like you did? Ryan is there Philippi? anyone
2: you haven't met that you want to meet?
0: Um, I really would love to meet Candy. Okay, she's great. Oh yeah, and, me too. And Bethany, I would love to meet. Like, yeah, I think those are the two that I would love to interview. Candy, I'd be more interested to talk to her about like her music career yeah. and her writing. Yeah,
2: People don't realize she's Fucking she's rich, fucking dude. Boss. I mean, that's like, the thing. I'm adults. like, she's got to be one of the richest ones because we talked about yeah, the uh, no scrubs like mm-hmm. shit that she's yeah, getting from that. Like, she's, she's
0: written. also written for the Destiny's Child, Mariah yeah, exactly, hundred Like everyone, that's you so I would want to talk about that stuff. Yeah, and I go back and forth with her on house. So I was like, I don't always love her, but sometimes I really like love her. But I would love to chat with her about her career. does she still that.
1: do the sex toys thing? Yeah. yeah,
0: she does not all. She has like a million candy coated
1: nights. Like, occasionally, like Instagram friends with everybody.
0: Yeah. Yeah, a lot of them, not all of them. But, yeah, sometimes occasionally Bethany has, like, dm me one no. before. And that Excuse was, like, me? very That's exciting to deal. me. That's what big did she deal. say? That's big I don't know. Deal. It was maybe, like, just, like, a harder. I don't know. It was like a, she follows me, though. And I get very nervous she's going to unfollow.
2: But I think also, like, the housewives have a good relationship with you because they know that you're coming from the standpoint of,
0: like, you worship them. You yeah.
2: know what I mean? Like, you absolutely yeah.
0: love them. We and had- as an interviewer, I always, when if they come on my show, I always want them to look their best. Like, yes. I, I want them to come across well you
2: don't want them to be fighting or looking crazy and i don't have
0: people on that i don't like like i'm not right i'm not interested in having someone on that i hate on the show so i really do want them to come across well and i think a lot of times when they come on my show their fans will say oh my god i didn't like you before but i liked Listening oh, that's to nice. His, and I really want their best side to come on.
2: Well, up. they have a. I mean, we had. Um, do you know who Fat Carrie Bradshaw is? Yeah, Chris yeah. Burns. Okay, so we had him on. He's a good friend of mine, and he was saying that he has got I a love huge his account. Uh, yeah. he oh, got he's got a he's huge so funny. Instagram account, and he did an Instagram story about how. He like took a screen grab from New Jersey, which I think is amazing this season, took a screen grab from New Jersey and said like, I would let Melissa Gorga spit in my mouth at any day. And she wrote back with like the <gasps> emoji. And he was like, but it's so good that like they can take it. And they yeah. know that it's like purely from love from him, yeah. that he's just, he's not looking at her as a sexual being. He's like, I fucking worship you. Yeah, and I, love I think it. when you have that without any of the sexual tension, to be fair, I do think that was an advantage for me. With Andy and being hired as Andy, I'm not saying he hired me because I was gay, but I do think because it was like, you're into men, I'm into women. I'm never going to bring someone around that you're attracted to in any sort of way. We're never going to have any weird sexual tension has really helped my career. And it's made me be friends with a lot more people because we've like eliminated that layer. And I'm sure with Housewives and You, it's the same thing. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's how I would see it. I mean, but I mean, now I just feel like I mean, from you being a fan of workout, which
0: was, you know, 14 fucking years ago, whenever that was. I the, bring it back.
2: Yeah. Bring it back. Bring Jackie
0: Warner back. I was I'm always fascinated by like a gym show or like yeah. a workout show. I'm well, And fascinated. it's
2: interesting
1: because gym culture is so funny. I go to a very Dude, it's culty as. Fun. Oh, yeah. I, I go so to an cult-y. insane gym here in Los Angeles. Like I wedding prepped with the NBA. And which the NFL. gym is it? Vitru. OK, but this gym, like, no, I'm not kidding you. It's like Kevin Hart, Usher, like, you name it. They come in, Zach Efron, like, but everyone's really cool. But it's so funny. Like, the other day, the, the, the all the trainers were like, yo, bro, you look fucking strong. Like, you so look whoa And I, I looked around, I'm like, is this what you fucking idiots do all day long? So they fast do, fast? Well, yeah. And it, it literally culture. is yeah. what they talk about all day. And it's classic it's crazy like, i
0: used to go to a crossfit gym here for where, five or oh six God. years brick on um, of
1: course you and, did
0: and it was the same kind of thing but you become so close with people i know that's how i met bob harper who i ended up oh really writing this book with does him. he own brick no, no no he just went there but i i gotta be he, honest like
1: i
2: met him a, he is so nice he's very, very handsome nice he's very, yeah. very handsome like hardest. yeah sweetheart and i'm like had a heart attack and you're like if bob harper can have a heart attack i'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna die he was so healthy
0: though he was so healthy it was a a general uh, heart condition, yeah. I think, yeah. or
2: something. Yeah,
0: uh, but that whole atmosphere is so—it's a kind of culture, like they say. What's a so
2: Bravo stupid? show
1: that's not in existence anymore? Maybe like a workout. But what do—is there anything that you've ever that kind I've of? Hated? No, no, no. That <laughs> you've she like has got opinions about. on that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. <laughs> no, that, that you've
1: kind of like. Thought about like ooh maybe this do you ever like think about pitching Bravo some ideas? I did
0: like loosely. I did pitch them once that I thought it would have been a great show, but they ultimately didn't weren't interested. But I don't know. It was like my first pitch ever, so I don't even know like if. It was technically a, an official pitch. Right. But, Got it. Um, but I thought it would have been great. I don't know if I want to say it. I yeah, don't because people
2: will steal yeah, it. They'll just take it. I'm curious if there's anyone on TV now, maybe on Bravo, maybe not, who you think is a bad representation of
0: queer people? Of, oh, of queer people. Oh, my yeah. God. That's a good question. I, uh, or do you think
2: isn't an advocate or plays one on TV or anything like that that you think isn't oh, doing you us know, I think
0: I think lately we've had some troublesome housewives like um, – Vicky Gumbleson at the Orange County reunion—that was hard to watch.
1: Yeah, that was tough. Oh, and you know, I'm, wait, got... what happened for those that didn't
2: watch it? Because well, I don't... first off, we should say that Orange County is a conservative place yeah. oh, in yeah, California. Oh yeah, big time, big time. So they're big Trump people, and yeah. and and that's—I'm no judgment I, there. I, but I think for the Bravo community, there's also—I was
1: there. On that. I was there at Hamburger Mary's when they were in drag, and the girl oh, freaked out. And I was there. You had to like sign waivers to be on camera, and no one would sign it because no one wanted
2: to be on camera. And I was like, <laughs> me.
0: I will be like, on me camera. Front
1: and center, me, and of course I was not do on Do you
2: it. watch Orange County at all? I do. The Housewives? But you didn't see the reunion? No, I didn't see the reunion. Do you know, know the new, new Housewife anymore. Bronwyn? Yes. Okay, so she's like, she would describe herself as sexually fluid, but she's she's used that as a term. I don't Isn't know if that's the her having, identifier. She had yeah. threesomes seven. and like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah she yeah. had
0: threesomes and... For yeah. his like
2: 40th birthday, She has seven kids. And it's interesting Wait, you say Whoa, that, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Pause. Everybody kids. pause, yeah. pause, pause. She has seven kids yeah. and her husband wears statement kid? tribal necklaces. Yeah. Sex. they're like total swingers then. I mean, they're more sexually open in terms of the conversation, but Bronwyn has off. She does the thing that I do, which she's like openly flirts with Tamra all season. And Tamara's actually... She's religious. She's a little bit more conservative, you know, not I don't think she has anything wrong with gay people or anything like that, but she's a little bit more buttoned up. But Bronwyn and they hooked up on the show. I mean, they made out. They made
0: out. They They made out out, a lot on camera. It was like a lot. Yeah. (laughs) And what
1: about her? It was Eddie. Eddie didn't care.
0: No, I think he. She said he liked it. Okay, so
1: and then what ended up happening on the reunion?
0: So uh, Vicky just said this is bringing down the show, and she like kind of just made some remarks that were what I felt a little homophobic. But it's interesting you say Orange County is a conservative area, and I so I do struggle with that sometimes. Context matters. We these are reality shows, and I do think it's important we see all sorts of different people. Yeah, but as a gay man, it's also annoy. It's frustr. I'd say it's frustrating to see someone saying comments like that, and it's like, oh, really.
2: Yeah. No, it is. I mean, especially because they're on Bravo and they're Mm -hmm. sitting next to Andy, who is obviously an outed open gay man. And I don't think. See, for those Vicky comments that she said, like, I don't think that you can be on Bravo and be friends with Andy and be part of this, like, housewives pop culture moment and be homophobic. They're they're mutually exclusive. I just can't imagine them being a a, a strong fit. If you don't like gay people or you believe that gay people, like, why the fuck would you ever come on Bravo and I for Andy? They do it for money, though. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But I think that if you have such strong beliefs, you're not going to sit there. If if you find Andy disgusting for his sexuality, you're not going to be able to sit there for 12 years and listen to him and respect him and, and treat him well. Um, which is why I love Andy, because I think he just, you know, kind of really normalized the whole gay thing for people. But I do think that it, depending on where they're from, because they're all from different fucking cities, that it matters. I mean, look at Leanne Locken with her racist mm-hmm. comments about Carrie, who she kept, you know, calling her Mexican, which saying someone's Mexican is not
0: racist, but the way she was saying it. And she didn't seem to understand that it was a problem. And, Andy and kept I think that's where Vicky explain. was coming from, right.
2: too, that she didn't see that it was homophobic because she was just trying to... It was where she was coming from, like, and I'm not I'm not defending what Vicky said, but I just don't think that that makes her automatically homophobic. I think it might make her ignorant, but I don't think it makes her homophobic. I don't think she necessarily has problems
0: with gay people. I just moments like that, that you ask, like, what is a bad representation of? It's like moments like that where I'm like, oh, man, we're 2020. And then you think, God, I don't want to support. These, these aren't the kind of people I want to support. Right. And so that's where I get frustrated. Well, yes. she
1: got fired. So, yeah, she's gone, so um, I don't have to and, that. you know, <laughs> talk to Thank us God. about, like, what's yeah. next. So... Everything iconic, like we've. Yeah, got, do you want to pa- keep like, ghostwriting? do yeah, you want to do? Out? Out?
2: Like, what's so next? So, I
0: would like to do my own book now. So that's uh, what I'm hopefully going to be doing soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I also have a feature film that I wrote that we have an actress and director attached, that's and I'm that, hopeful that's so huge. Uh, I wrote it, and I, I hope it gets made. And that's amazing. M- maybe, I, but who knows? Who knows?
2: You need to partner amazing. with Ramona and do Danny
0: Pellegrigio <laughs> I would love
1: that. That would be uh, yep iconic, I that motherfucker. Is very good. iconic. Where can people find you? Uh,
0: social media at Danny Pellegrigio Agreeno on Twitter and Instagram, and then the podcast is called Everything Iconic, which you can listen to anywhere. I do recaps of these Bravo shows, and then I interview people. Darren's been on; you'll have to come on this. I'd
2: love yeah. to. Oh my! God. And he's oh my god! She's going to really wet. Sorry, her pants. did you hear that? She's going to wet her pants. Somebody
1: wants uh, me on their show. I'm a great interview.
0: Oh my God, um, I could tell.
2: She's um, decent. Oh, fuck off. All right, by God, the way, just he, so people know, oh he yeah. is not related to the Pellegrino fortune. Am no. I correct, Danny no, Pellegrino? No, it's like a
0: very distant, no.
2: Very, very distant. Oh, so yeah, I know. It. Now Liz is like, no, I don't want to fucking come sister. on your podcast. Oh, man, well, Danny, I love you. Thank love you so much for coming on. It was so nice to on. meet you. Thank amazing. you for doing this. Thank don't fall in love without me, though. Too late. Too late. Damn it. Bye, guys.
1: Thank you for listening to Scissoring Isn't a Thing. See you next Tuesday.